It is great to be here with you. It is great to be worshiping with you. And uh, 10 years, 10 years of life and living in this place, and God has been doing an amazing work along the way. You know, it started with three people from up north who had come down here and said, man, we were attending a church called Harvest Bible Chapel up there, and we just aren't finding anything like it down here. I would love to see God do something like that. And uh, three people and a dream, and they ended up calling up the fellowship, Harvest Bible Fellowship, that's the planting wing that puts the harvests out there, and uh, chatted with them and worked with them, and life just continued to grow from three to 75 to launch, to continuing on and just going forward from there in huge ways. And God bringing you somewhere along the way, whatever that means, as he wove that thread together and brought you in on it and said, welcome to harvest. Here's the big thing. Welcome to my Holy Spirit moving in your life. And I'm just telling you, we are not about the name of a church. And all of God's people said, amen. 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 We are about the name and the fame of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we will lift him up. And that's what we're all about. And uh, here's the love of it all. Each of you has come because of a friend or a family member or somebody who was getting fired up about Christ, and they're like, you got to just try this place. And uh, you started showing up, and, and uh, God just continued to work in it. Here's what I thought we'd do just to launch this off today. Let's do this. Even for the introverts, some of you are going to hate this, but that's all right. Ready? Here we go. For those who are on the launch team, if you were on the launch team, why don't you stand right now? If you were on the launch team, not launch for 430, but launch for this thing 10 years ago, all right? All right. Praise God for that. Keep standing. Just keep standing. Amen. All right. If you were here... uh, Basically, 10 years ago, after launch, you came. So after launch Sunday, you came, you were a part of it. Anybody that joined in that first year after it, join with them and stand up, all right? Amen. Get the feel of it, man. God is building something. God is doing something. Okay, two years out from that, so eight years ago, if you were here when I came on as senior pastor, if you came in that year, stand with Join with us, all right? Awesome. All right, we'll fast forward a few years. If you were here the year we came into this building, 2012, if you came here then in 2012 or forward, stand up, all right? All right, amen. Can you feel how God is building the place one by one, soul by soul, as it spreads out from there? And then, if you have ever been to Harvest in your life, why don't you stand up? All right? Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what. This is God at work. One soul at a time. One heart at a time. As he fires you up for him, so you share out with those around you. And it just keeps growing. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Man, you may be seated. Love it. Love being a part of a family. Love being part of a church where we can celebrate our God and make much of him. And uh, today we're going to do a lot of remembering. 
And uh, today we're going to do a lot of thanking, all right? So turn with me, if you will, to Psalm chapter 105. Psalms 105. All right? Psalm 105. And uh, we're going to be pouring through today, learning how to worship in the midst of blessing and struggle. How do we worship our God? And uh, the first point here seek the Lord. Remember all that He has done in your life. Seek the Lord. Remember all that he has done in your life. Here we go. We start in verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. And we better remember that one of the key facets to worship is giving thanks. Right? And if we're going to be all about seeking the Lord and remembering him, we're going to have to be a thankful body. And what has God been doing in your life? What has God been doing in your home? What has God been doing in this church that you've been a part of? Give thanks to the Lord for who he is and how he's providing. Please notice it says give thanks to the Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. I say this every time when we're in the Old Testament and you run into the word Lord and it's all capped. That is his personal name, Yahweh that's being written there in the original language, in the Hebrew, all right? And so they're calling out the personal name of God. Oh, give thanks to the personal name Yahweh, God himself, and uh, make much of him. It says, call upon his name. This means live in dependence on him, lean on him, make much of him. May your God get your everything. Call upon the name of the Lord. And it says, make known his deeds among the peoples. Man, our job is to talk about what God is doing, the fame of the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever he's doing to rock your world, get ready to share that out with friends and family. May we make known his deeds among the peoples. Sharing and celebrating along the way. Notice it says here, sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all of his wondrous works. Sing to, have you ever wondered why God calls us to sing? Have you ever thought through the, what is this whole singing thing about? And uh, some of us love singing. Some of you may be coming along in your love of singing. Have you ever wondered where it's coming from? I'll just tell you, here's a few uh, passages. One, Zephaniah 3.17. Zephaniah 3.17. It actually says that God exalts over his people and he sings over them. This is a God moment as he exalts over you with loud singing. Did you know that? That's your God over you. And it's not just once. This is him daily and regularly over the top of us in something we cannot even imagine. God singing over you as he's doing a work in you. That's God. In Genesis 1, it says that He actually made man and woman in his image. You've been designed to be a singer. Did you know that? Some of you are like, yeah, dude, uh, I didn't get that memo. (laughs) uh, Not really. You don't want me singing out loud. And uh, it's not about the quality of the sound. It is about the commitment of the heart. Amen? And uh, man, we are designed to be singers as God is also a singer and bringing much to bear because of it. And in fact, Ephesians 5, we just went through it a couple weeks back. When you are filled with the Spirit, one of the end results is singing. 
and making melody in your heart. Why? Because God Almighty, the one who sings, is within you, and he's filling you, and he's doing an amazing work. Man, as you go throughout your week, don't use music just to fill the air. Use music to be an exaltation from your soul, bursting out because God is filling you up. Sing to your God. Sing about your God. Find songs that just rock you and make an awesome statement about who God is and sing those as loud as you possibly can. Bring it for your God. Man, we are called to be singing and uh, tell of his wondrous works. Uh, I love that statement. All too often, um, we tell of our own wondrous works. Dude, you wouldn't believe what I accomplished yesterday. Man, was I good. Right? And if you're the kind of person where when you're talking to someone, every moment they're sharing a story about themselves, you're thinking, how can I bring a story in about me or my family? Um, Just a little tender moment statement here. Um, Don't do that. Don't make it all about you. Hear what they're saying. Listen to them. Get feedback from other people. Listen to the stories of them. Be able to make sure you're making it about your God, not always about you. And I'm telling you, it's a disease that runs rampant, and Facebook has lit it on fire, right? And let's be careful. And it's not bad that things are going well in our lives, and making much of God and what he's saying and doing in our lives is awesome. But please hear me. Make sure that every moment you take is to make much of your God, not make much of yourself. And all of God's people said... And a huge, man, it says, tell of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Glory in his holy name. And uh, man, I'm not sure even what that word or phrase even means in its whole. I'll just tell you this, whatever you're doing, you're making much of your God. Whatever you're doing, you're getting your voice speaking forth to his greatness. And you're celebrating him. You're happy with what he's doing. There are moments and struggles that you're in. You're trusting him in those. You're handing it to your God. All glory to my king. That's what it's going to look like. And uh, Lord, may you be glorified. It says glory in his holy name, celebrating that he is perfect. He knows what he's doing. And when we um, don't get the plan, that means we just need to watch our God work. All right, not complain to him. And uh, notice it says here, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Seek the Lord and his strength. Man, our job as we go about Thanksgiving is finding strength in him. Not strength in ourselves to go make much of him. Hopefully you just heard the difference. Not strength in ourselves to go make much of him. It's not wrong to make much of them, but when we try to find the strength only in ourselves, I'm telling you, it's short-lived. And watch out, it's not about you muscling it. It's about your God empowering you to go after it, and you're working within the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, seek the Lord and his strength. Um, Simple question, could an unbeliever do that? Whatever it is you're trying to go after, could someone who doesn't know Christ as Savior, someone who's not trusting him, do this thing? And if the answer is, well, they might be able to fake it and move along in it, then you're probably not seeking enough of the Lord's strength. 
You want God's work in and through you where it could only be accomplished because of God doing his handiwork, okay? And a huge deal that we go after making much of him and trusting him and finding strength in him, seeking his presence continually. How do we do that? It's nice to say it. How do we do it? All right, four steps to seeking him continually. Ready? Here we go. First, meet him daily. If you're going to seek him continually, you have to meet him daily. Encounter your God. Time in his word, time hearing from him, time talking to him in prayer. Meet your God daily. Spending time saying these words. Ready? Lord, I am ready to be rocked by your word. Show me who you are. And down with being bored with the Bible. It's time to no longer think that way. It's time to open it up and say, God, there is truth in here about you and I'm ready to be rocked by it. Show me. Meet him daily. Expect something huge as you meet your God, as you meet him daily. And uh, we've used this word before, encounter. That's what meet him daily is, right? You're encountering your living God. You're encountering him in the word. You're encountering him throughout your life uh, experiences. Second, Praise him passionately. Praise him passionately. Spend time to thank him. Spend time to uh, look back over the course of your day and see the good things God is doing. See the safety and protection that has come. See the revealing that he's given you. See the, the provision along the way. Watch and thank your God. Praise him passionately. And uh, this is not one of those, uh, yeah, okay, thanks, God. Great. Like, not that. Everybody say, not that. Do not that. With all you've got. I see your hand in this, God. Thank you. And uh, taking that moment to praise him passionately. Getting on that. And so you're meeting him daily. You're praising him passionately. And then number three, confessing humbly. What sin needs to go? Lord, please forgive me. Lord, please forgive me for my selfish thought. Lord, please forgive me for my selfish action. Lord, please forgive me for the acts I'm about that are taking away from your glory. Lord, please forgive me for doing with what just feels good. Lord, please forgive me. And the Lord setting that down before him, saying, Lord, take this from me. I'm done with it. That's what real repentance is. Real repentance is not just, hey, I'm sorry. Real repentance is, will you please take this from me now? I'm looking to head away from it turning direction, and to confess humbly. So meet him daily, praise him passionately, confess humbly. By the way, the praise and confess, we've lumped those together. We call that exalting here, right? So encounter is the first step. Exalting are the second and third steps. And then the last step is really an engaged step. Follow him obediently. Follow him obediently. And to take some time throughout your days and your weeks to make sure that you're making much of your God. He's doing a work in you you don't even know. Did you know he was singing over you with loud praise? And right, God's doing things in your life you don't even know. Turn it back to him and bring the blessing and the praise back to him. And make it all about your God. And those are four steps. Meet him, praise him, confess to him, follow him obediently. And then notice it says here, remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments that he uttered. 
O offspring of Abraham, his servants, children of Jacob, his chosen ones, remember the wondrous works that he has done. Man, when we get to a 10th anniversary service, it's important that we look back and remember. It's important that we take a moment and think. I mean, I was brought to tears seeing some of these slides and just seeing some of those moments of growth in our church, these key moments where we have people on their knees and children getting saved and people making commitments to bring this building into reality and lives being shaped. Make sure you take inventory and remember what God has done and uh, And just think of one moment right now, one moment where you've been in this church family around some people and God has done a work in your life. Just think of one thing. Remember. For real, think it through. At least one thing, all right? Check this out. It's our 10th anniversary. And next week, we're launching another service. And this week, we're finishing up a parking lot so that there can be more people fit in. God is continuing to grow this place. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Amen. Man, we've got to understand, this thing just keeps growing and keeps going. Why? Because we keep getting on our knees and humble and getting out of the way and saying, Lord, may you get all the glory. And there's something contagious about seeing God made much of as he works in and through our lives And, uh, you know, I get excited about even the finishing up of the parking lot and what's going on with it. I'm just going to tell you this. We'll do a little moment of uh, just a little shout-out advertisement here, all right? Parking lot. Just remember one word. The number is two. Uh, What's the number? Give me the universal sign. You guys don't know the universal sign for two? (laughs) Universal sign for two. Give me the count. Everybody hold it up. Two. Get this now. Our goal is in two weeks... This thing is going to be accomplished. In two weeks, we'll have the full parking lot going both sides. In two weeks, we are going to have two police officers out there, both at uh, Capitol and at Cimarron. We're going to have two entrances and exits, and we're going to have two parking lots running a north and south lot. And all of God's people said, and uh, that's our goal. That's our prayer. Be praying for that. And uh, God has thought that uh, your grass needed to look a little greener this summer. So thanks a lot for that. And uh, that hasn't helped much with the parking lot, just so you know. But uh, otherwise, glad you got the free watering job. And uh, so now our prayer is, Lord, may this finish up two weeks. We're going to have two police officers, two in-outs, and two parking lots running. And just as Pastor Kent said, North Lot will be running Capitol, and the South Lot will be running Cimarron, and we're excited for it, all right? And uh, man, God just keeps doing great things in this place. May we remember his works. May we make much of him. It says here, remembering the miracles and the judgments. And I love that he said that. Miracles, those things are easy to remember, right? Remember when we were blown away? That was so much fun. And uh, remember when the judgment came down? And, And this decision had to be made and God moved in this direction and I had to walk a tougher walk for a season and remember that? And I'm telling you some of the highest mountaintop walk our family has ever been on has been in some of the toughest moments we've ever been called through. And, uh, and praise God for that. He is real in the midst of our heartache, amen? And he is real in the midst of the miracles as he shows them off. And uh, I just thought, you know, maybe it would be good for us to take a moment, 
to remember. And so Larry and Micah and I, we talked through some details and, and uh, Micah put together a 10th anniversary video here. And so I just want to take a season here where we remember, watch these videos prayerfully and thankfully, watch what's coming down and see God at work. Here we go. Well, it's hard to believe it's already our 10th anniversary here at Harvest Bible Chapel, Peoria. And man, God has been at work rocking lives and shaping hearts and healing wounds, all for his glory and for the fame of his name. Lord, our prayer is simply this. May you be worshiped. May we remember you for all the works you have done. Worship for all that you have done.
Amen, amen. Man, God at work. Remember the works that he has done. It's a huge part of worship. Worshiping includes remembering. And uh, forgetful believers have a worship that begins to fade. Lord, help us to remember. All right? Lord, help us to remember. Point number two, trust the Lord. He stands by his word at all times. Trust the Lord. He stands by his word at all times. It says, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever. The word he commanded for a thousand generations. He is the Lord our God. He is the Lord. Who's God? Our God. Man, may we get this square. This church is on fire because we worship one God. And uh, we love the Lord Jesus Christ and we make much of him. He is our God. And uh, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. How much of the earth? All the earth. And that's sovereignty. Uh, his judgments are not just in parts of the earth or just in some of those places or only where people would want to give him permission to be. And th that's not what it says. His judgments are in all the earth. And uh, man, we better get this. If you are not sovereign over all, you are not sovereign at all. Are you hearing me? This is a huge sovereignty statement. And if you aren't sovereign over all, well, you really aren't sovereign at all. And though this is a full sovereignty statement. His judgments are in all the earth. God rules, God reigns, God leads, he guides. We trust in him. And uh, man, we trust him. He stands by his word at all times. Look what it says here now. He remembers his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations. And a and, uh, thousand generations, uh, that's a long time, right? And uh, this is probably one of those moments where he's trying to make a kind of the big hyperbolic statement and he's pulling out a round number and saying it's like forever. And uh, probably that, but it might be more than that. It might be he knows something we don't know. I will say this. It's definitely that God, for as long as we're living, we're going to be very aware that he is absolutely making good on all that he said and all of God's people said. And uh, man, forever, this whole uh, earthbound side, look what it says. He remembers his covenant forever. And it gives you a strong indicator to what that thousand generations is leading to. And a strong metaphor statement to the eternity of God's promise. When he says something, that's the end of it. That's the way it is, right? And uh, it says, the covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute to Israel to an, as an everlasting covenant, saying to you, I will give you the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. And uh, let's just break this down a little bit, just so you know. What's going on is he's calling out some passages in Genesis now, and we're going to talk about that a little bit as we go through the rest of this passage. But um, starting here in verse 8, the covenant that he made with Abraham, that's Genesis chapter 17, verse 2, the covenant that he made with Abraham. And it says, and the sworn promise to Isaac, that was Genesis 26, verse 3, and, uh, which he confirmed to Jacob later. This is Isaac's son, Jacob, as a statute that's in Genesis 28, verses 13 and 14. This is the story of Israel unfolding and Abraham to his son Isaac, to his son Jacob, who is also named Israel. So it says to Israel as an everlasting covenant. Some of you may not even know that. Do you know why the nation of Israel is called Israel? Because Israel, Jacob, that was his name. 
And he had 12 sons, and it was named underneath him, Israel. And a huge statement about God's interaction into his life. And uh, so his name was kind of tagged to the whole nation, to Israel, an everlasting covenant, saying, to you I will give you the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. Man, when God is at work, you see huge things happening. And I just love, we look back to last week uh, with the baptisms. And uh, we had 31 get baptized last week. An awesome week of celebration, wasn't it? Just a great, amen. Great time to be able to lift up God. A great time to hear from people. Here's the deal. Each and every person already believed and confessed that Jesus Christ was Lord. They weren't coming in here to all of a sudden believe. They already believed, but they wanted to make a public proclamation, taking a stand for Christ in front of people. And, and uh, so we had 31 people get baptized and just a huge day of celebration and some great testimonies as we heard story after story and a lot of people coming to Christ as a child and growing up along the way into their walk with him. And we were able to make much of our God. And uh, I love being able to be next to people in the tub and being able to hear them uh, walking through their testimony. And uh, there's a tenderness in that. And uh, there's a realness to that. And there's a passion to that. Man, may we remember what God has done and take our stand with him. And all of God's people said, and uh, trust the Lord. Trust him with all you've got. And uh, Covenant. This is uh, the, sto- the story of covenant here. And, uh, but just so you know, we have a covenant with our God too. And this covenant with Abraham, well, that's kind of called, the, it's actually called the old covenant where it refers to the Mosaic part of it when the law came out, the old covenant. But we have a new covenant that we are working under with our God. Yes, he made covenant to us and his word stands forever. And we best know and understand that we get to proclaim our stand with him. And there's an eternity in alignment with it. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty five. it says, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This cup, this time where we take in remembrance in communion, it's the representative of the new covenant in his blood. 2 Corinthians 3, 6, God has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Not the letter Um, but of the Spirit, not the law, but the Holy Spirit working in us. For the letter kills, it brings death, but the Spirit gives life. Man, I'm telling you, he had the law, Old Testament covenant. He has brought hope, New Testament covenant, with Christ and his work on the cross. We would be remiss if we went through a 10-year anniversary and we did not make much of Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. Him for me. That's the gospel message. Everybody just say it with me. Him for me. It's that simple. I am in dire need. Each and every one of us, a sinner in need of a savior. And Jesus Christ, God Almighty, he came to this earth. He went to the cross. He died for me and for you. He rose again, bringing life and hope. Him for me. He is risen. He is alive He is Jesus Christ. He is God Almighty. He is our King of kings and Lord of lords. And we will not set that down. Amen? Amen, man. Don't lose sight. It is too easy to get going in this world. And all of a sudden, we get in a little rhythm. 
and we start fading on who Christ is in our lives. We will not forget and remember always him and his work for us and all that he has done. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in that new covenant. Hear me, God's work is massive and fully trustworthy. Do you trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Do you believe that he is risen from the dead? Do you believe that? Do you confess, all right, you're in charge of my life, God. I'm done with it being about me. Do you confess him as Lord? Man, if you don't, right here, right now is the time. Lock it in. I remember when we launched Launch Sunday here um, four years ago, and uh, it's coming up in another month or two, or we're going to be celebrating that. And uh, that morning, we had over 40 people accept Christ. And it's just amazing what God did as he moved in the place. And man, maybe today is your day, and right now is your time to say, I'm done fighting. It's time for me to go after my God. Lord, please forgive me. I believe, I believe that you are risen, and I confess you're in charge of my life. Man, just doing that right here, right now. It says if you believe that he is risen and you confess him as Lord, you will be saved. Promise. And uh, everybody say, it's a promise. promise. It's a promise. And we have the statement right here, he remembers his covenant forever. And a praise be to God for that. Man, if you've not trusted Christ, please do that today. If you have trusted Christ, and it might be time to take a deep breath and re-engage in that trust with all you've got, not being distracted by any of the hurts or the pains or the disappointments around you. May your God get all the worship. And uh, trust him, willing to stand with your king. And uh, Are you willing to take that stand? Get ready. Be able to answer that question for real. Don't just sit here and listen to words. Are you willing to take that stand with Christ? And make sure you're walking out of here today on fire for him and letting him have his way with you. First, remembering his works. Second, trusting him with all you've got. And now third. Third, praise the Lord. Remember the full story of struggle, provision, and blessing. Praise the Lord. Remember the full story of struggle, provision, and blessing. And uh, man, the full story. And uh, how much of the story? The full story. Don't forget it. We're experts at only remembering the struggle. Oh, I remember that day. That was so hard. You wouldn't believe what I had to go through, right? We're experts at that kind of complaining. Hey, how was your day? Well... Right? We walk home. We tend to be that kind of per- We have to be super careful that we don't just focus on the struggle of it all. Please note, there is struggle, but there is provision, and there is blessing. And all of God's people said, man, we have hope in our God, and he's doing a work. And we're just going to move through the rest of this chapter fast, but watch God work in the nation of Israel. Here we go. When they were few in number... Not unlike our core team of a few people getting ready to launch this. When they were few in number, of little account, and sojourners in it, 
They were just wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people. He allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account saying, touch not my anointed ones, do uh, my prophets no harm. Hear me. When they were wandering, everybody say struggle. He provided protection. My God provides. Are you hearing it? My God provides. And we need to grasp this. Even when they were small and wandering, in the midst of their struggle, God provided. This is actually going to be walking through the end of Genesis and all of Exodus. So I'm just going to give you passages. This few verses right here is Genesis 17 through 34. Genesis 17 through 34. And so if you want to go back and read the full account, do that. And see what God was doing with the nation of Israel. But Genesis 17 to 34, here's the next section. When he summoned a famine on the land, struggle. When he summoned a famine on the land and broke all supply of bread, he had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was a sla- sold as a slave. And uh, everybody say struggle, right? There was struggle in this. His feet were hurt with fetters. His neck was put in a collar of iron until what he had come to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people set him free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions to bind his princes to his pleasure and to teach the elders wisdom. He took a man and put him in slavery so he could raise him up to number two in the nation and care for all of Israel. God had a plan. My God provides. Just say it with me. My God provides. That was totally weak. Say it with me. Better, much better. Get ready. We're going to have to say it with firmness, man, when we're living it out in our lives. I'm telling you, when you're walking through a struggle, to be able to say, nope, my God provides, and I will worship him, and nothing is going to take me off track. My God provides. And uh, Joseph I can imagine there were moments sold into slavery, mistreated by your brothers, where you might be like, "Ah, this plan stinks, right? But trusting in God in the midst, man, and watching God work. This is Genesis 41 to 45, the story of Joseph, 41 to 45. Next, it says, then Israel, uh, this is Joseph's father, right? Then Israel came to Egypt, Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. And the Lord made his people very fruitful and made them stronger than his foes. He turned their hearts to hate his people, to deal craftily with his servants. And they're in the midst of famine. And he comes back into Egypt trying to put themselves under this little family unit that will soon be a nation called Israel. They come in under and his son Joseph has been raised up to number two in the nation. And they are now being protected by him and provided for. And they grow in fruitfulness. And God has a plan as he's providing for them. Everybody say, God has a plan. God has a plan as he's growing them up. Genesis 46. And it actually goes all the way through Exodus 2 here, seeing this happen. Uh, I'm telling you, my daughter, Alyssa, is in a history class. And one of the things they say is they're really not sure that any of this happened because they can't find certain archaeological proofs for it. And uh, can I just tell you, um, be careful when you start placing science above Bible and dismissing what God says is true to be no longer true. And all of God's people said, and hang in there. 
And uh, be true to your God. Stay true to him. Know this. This little nation of Israel became a massive nation of Israel. Fruitful and uh, huge things going on as God was blessing. God had a plan while they're now being blessed and now being persecuted again with these people not wanting them there. It says he sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed his signs among them and miracles in the land of Ham. Remember when Moses was brought in, the nation of Israel was massive. And the plan now was to get Egypt to want them to leave. And so God had a plan to bring plagues, uh, 10 plagues, that he was going to bring, and he's got a listing of the plagues here, and it, it says, he sent darkness, and he made the land dark. They did not rebel against his words. He turned their water into blood and caused their fish to die. Their land swarmed with frogs, even in the chambers of their kings. He spoke, and there came swarms of flies and gnats throughout the country. I'm just telling you right then, I'm like, get them out of here, right? It's amazing how much longer they held in there, and uh, it then says, he gave them hail for rain and fiery lightning bolts through their land. He struck down their vines and fig trees and shattered the trees of their country. He spoke and the locusts came, young locusts without number, which devoured all the vegetation in their land and ate up the fruit of the ground. He struck down all the firstborn in their land, the firstfruits of all their strength. God brought in a leader, now Moses. And through the spoken words of Moses, plague after plague getting bigger and bigger end up causing the nation of Egypt to say, get out of here. We're good if you leave. And God had a plan. Everybody say, God had a plan. Man, we have to recognize that in the midst of our struggle, God has a plan. And we trust him in it. And we praise him as we follow through it. Uh, how much of a plan did God have? Verse 37. Then he brought out Israel with silver and gold. Here they are, slaves in a nation, getting released, and now they're being released with property. Just take this. Go. Get out of here. Take whatever you need. They're walking out with animals. They're walking out with gold and silver and riches. They have become an independent nation, independently wealthy worshiping their God in one day. God had a plan. And all of God's people said, man, we need to grasp this truth. This is actually Exodus uh, chapters 3 through 11 was all the uh, 10 plagues there, Exodus 3 through 11. And now we're into Exodus 12 through 15. And uh, he brought them out with silver and gold. There was none among the tribes who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed for dread of them had fallen upon it. Egypt was like, have you seen all that's going wrong? Let's get them out of here. And, uh, he spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light by night. They asked and he brought quail and he gave them bread from heaven in abundance. He opened the rock and water gushed out. It flowed throughout the desert like a river for he remembered his holy promise and Abraham, his servant, God remembered his promise. And hear me, he didn't just kick them out into the desert and they're lost. Now he's giving them guidance. A cloud by day, fire by night. He's giving them provision of food, bread and water and meat, right? The bread, it's, it was bread that came down from heaven. And they looked at it and they're like, remember this? They go, 
What is it? Right? The word literally is mana. Mana in Hebrew. And so that's what they started calling it. The bread that came down from heaven daily was called manna. And that's where it came from. It literally means, what is it? And that's what they ate every day as it was provided for them. God had a plan as he took them out into the desert and he remembered his promise to Abraham. So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing, and he gave them the lands of the nation and he took possession of the fruit of the people's toil that he might give his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. And uh, everybody just say, praise the Lord. Lord. And say it bigger now. Praise Praise the the Lord. Lord. Man, we serve a God who has a plan. Do you believe? Do you trust him? And are you willing to let him work in your life? What struggle do you have going on in your life right now? What are you wrestling with? Maybe it's job or job uncertainty. We have a lot of that going in the community right now, right? Maybe it's something going on with family or something going on with health. Maybe there's something in a relationship that needs to be worked on. What is going on in your life? What struggle do you have? Got it? Now, what is God doing? What is his handiwork that he's beginning to move in? And if you're like, I see nothing, just remember Joseph was a slave. I see nothing, just remember they were wandering in the desert, but they were given lead and guidance and provision along the way. Man, in the midst of your heartache, look to your God. And all of God's people said, man. And uh, I just have one last thing here. That's the history of Israel. Now let's just do the history of Harvest Bible Chapel Peoria in 30 seconds or less. Ready? You guys have a job here. I'm going to read a phrase, and you've got to say a phrase back to me. Your phrase is, my God provides. Everybody say it big, say it loud. Get ready, here we go. Three people in 2005. My God 75 people by 2006 launch. My God 478 people at launch Sunday. My God Man, you better grasp how big that is. 478 people showed up day one to this church. God is awesome. Uh, all right, I'll be humble on this. A new senior pastor in 2008. My God Sorry, it's in there. Okay. And a passion for worship. Man, God is building worship like crazy. Property obtained in 2010. And uh, we planted Harvest Bible Chapel Denver in 2010. By the way, they're now running about 1,300. They have a campus, multiple services going on. God just blessing that place like crazy. Praise God for it. And uh, we moved into our own building in 2012. Uh, we planted Harvest Jock Mel 2013. We planted Montelavoud and Montplat 2015. God just doing a huge work in Haiti. We planted Cap Rouge in 2016. Uh, over 600 people saved in Peoria over these 10 years. 600 people who have come to Christ to trust Christ that we know of, and uh, over 620 baptized here at Peoria. Man, lives changed. 
You almost missed the pickup on that one. <laughs> Let's just try it again. Lives changed. Christ exalted. Spirit empowered. Harvest Bible Chapel Peoria is a church on fire. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. Love you guys. I love doing ministry with you. And I love passionately running after our God. Will you run with us as we go another 10 years following our God with all we've got and just see what he's going to do? My God provides. And all of God's people said, Amen. let's pray.